The RC Plane Lab Podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. Well, this is going to be a little bit different this episode. Um, you might notice we sound differently. That's because we are now, unfortunately, recording uh, in our own houses remotely. Um, yeah, that's my fault. Um, I, I've been sick the past few days and we didn't want to risk getting the together, uh, <laughs> potentially getting our families sick. So, yep, that's uh, that's Tom's fault. I got sick, and uh, I'm on the mend. I'm feeling much better, but, yeah, that's why we sound different uh, this time. Yeah, not COVID, apparently. You had your test, and it was not that. I did get a test, yes, and it is uh, came back COVID negative, also flu negative. Uh, so, anyway, I'm feeling better, and uh, hopefully next episode we'll be back to normal. Yeah, that would be the plan because this is weird. Like I, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird looking across and seeing an empty chair. I kind of miss your face over there. It's it's awkward. Oh, that <laughs> might be the best compliment you've ever given me. <laughs> well, take them when you get them. Maybe the only one. <laughs> oh, that's that might be true. I don't know. Mm, um, no. So anyway, today I wanted to talk about a couple things. The biggest thing I wanted to cover, and we'll get to it here in just a little bit. Um, you know, since you've been sick, you've had some time to kind of look over some of these uh, yes. FAA regulations. Um, yep. So you're kind of going to school us on it as to, to what it is. Because uh, well, honestly, I don't I've... know about schooling anyone. But yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> have had some time to read and uh, get smart on the subject. So hopefully uh, I can put to rest any of the rumors and maybe um, put some folks at ease, hopefully. Yeah, because I, I, I know the, the gist of it. Um, but I have not gotten too, too deep into it. Um, before we start that though, I do want to bring up our duelists. Uh, we have not flown them yet. That's a little bit disappointing. (laughs) They are ready. I mean, they are waiting to fly. They have the batteries charged. I mean, everything is, is ready. We just need to get out to the field and do it. However, and they're both beautiful, by the way, (laughs) I have to admit. They turned out pretty good. I, I, I think so too. Um, yeah, I think they both look really sharp. But Mother Nature has not cooperated. So nope. we we planned originally on, on flying on the 1st, which was uh, Friday, last Friday. Woke up to an ice storm. Like we yes. had a quarter inch of ice or so covering everything. It really was kind of pretty, but treacherous. It was pretty, yes. Uh, the trees coated in ice and, uh, you know, it was a nice... Uh, it was a nice thing to look at. It would have been a beautiful thing to look at on January 2nd. <laughs> yeah, it, it would have. Unfortunately. Um, so that was the first. We had not too great weather on the second, uh, and you were actually mm-hmm. busy with something else, so that we, we kind of took the second out. And we had planned on going out there on Sunday the 3rd. That was... I mean, weather yep. looked great, no problems that was whatsoever. Our plan. Yep. <laughs> that was our backup date. And like I said, even, you know, Saturday afternoon, the weather was looking good. They were calling for maybe a half inch of snow or something, which I can handle a half inch of snow. Well, and I can handle the half inch of uh, snow too with the extra ground clearance on my duelist. <laughs> <laughs> Your eight feet ground clearance. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so woke up Sunday morning to five inches of snow on the ground. 
Yeah, five inches. So that kind of took that took it out of uh, out of contention. So there was not going to be any duelist maidens last weekend. So far, nope, weather is looking good for this weekend, but things change. So I don't know what's going on yet. We're just going to have to play it by ear. Yep. And I have to work at least one of the days, maybe maybe two of the days, uh, potentially getting off early Sunday. So there 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 could there could still be <laughs> hope for the for this weekend. But uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get the hopes up for this weekend. Oh, I'm getting my Which hopes up. Which might surprise you. I'm I'm definitely getting my hopes up. Don't don't disappoint me. It's been long enough. <laughs> what? Hey, I told you the, what the possibilities are. So I know, I you, know. You have the same information I have now. And you can also just tell them I'm not coming in. Well, I I could, I guess. <laughs> I'm not sure if I should after taking you know basically three days off for being sick the week before. <laughs> yeah. Well. Anyway, anyway, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. But the plan, hopefully, yeah. is this weekend. If not, we'll push it back to the next weekend, and then maybe next year. Who knows? Hey, and uh, listen, <laughs> like nobody wants to maiden these airplanes more than us. I, I, I'm not joking. Like I am chomping at the bit to fly this duelist. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm ready to get it behind me, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> and <Yeah, okay. laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited to see how they fly. Like, I mean, really, I too. like, the, I don't know why, but one of the coolest things I'm looking forward to is we both bought some new cameras. Uh, we both bought some new yep. GoPros. So we'll be able yep. to, to get some hopefully decent shots of our flights. But the cool thing about those that I'm I'm really looking forward to is it will tell you how fast you're going with, with a <laughs> GPS module. So we're going to find out whose is faster. Yes. <laughs> Should we throw a bet on it? Do you want to throw five or ten bucks on it? Whoever's, oh, I don't, whoever, I'm not sure if I want to do that. <laughs> Oh, you're chicken, huh? I wouldn't say I'm chicken. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, I just don't want to be disappointed. That's all. <laughs> well, okay. Tell you what. Next time we get together, whoever loses has to uh, take care of dinner. Yeah, I think. I think. Yeah, that's that's doable. So whoever's the slower will be responsible for dinner next time we get together. There we Is go. That the bet. That's a good enough bet for me. Okay. Plus, right. we, we get to deal. eat no matter what, so it's it's a good day for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh So Sunday was a bad day for maidening duelists. However, um, it was a a last minute thing. So our our buddy Reggie gave me a holler and said, hey, I'm still going out to the field if you guys want to come out. Originally, I told him, no, I don't have anything ready to fly. I don't want to. It's okay. Um, But then my wife- Five inches of snow, by the way, everybody. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Now, hold on. In his defense, when we got out there, there was literally maybe two to three inches of snow there. So wherever, I don't know if it melted that much or what, but there was not as much snow out of the field as there was at my house. Um, And and also, when we pulled in, he is out on the the runway with a shovel. (laughs) Keep in mind, grass runway, okay? Shoveling Um, a runway. (laughs) Shoveling a runway. And he ended up making it probably, I'd say, a good 150 feet long runway. And may, <laughs> maybe three feet wide. So <laughs> there was not a lot of landing or taking off on that runway. Um, uh-huh. But you so know, was he able to land on that little strip? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Nobody was. But it was funny because when he he landed his, uh, I think it was his carbon cub. He landed it and and where he took the snow that was on the runway and and shoved it like four feet away. That's where he actually landed and it flipped his his carbon <laughs> cub over because he hit his little snow drift that he made. 
<laughs> but oh, no, it, it was a good time. But anyway, so I wasn't planning on going out there at all. And oh, my Richard. wife was like, you know, just we don't have anything else to do. Let's go out and just kind of see what's going on. Hang out with people that are out there because it was Reggie and a couple other guys went out and just mm-hmm. have fun. So, I, you know, the whole family went out. Crystal came with me. Piper came and Cody even came too, which surprised me. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, just the four of us, except Cody was cold when we got out there and he just stayed in the car the whole time. But you know what? He's 17 and he made the effort. So that's that's a yeah. good thing. In my opinion, that's something. That's, yeah, you got to give him some credit for that's that. That's something. I mean, he might have watched YouTube the whole time. I don't know, but so be it. Um, he still wanted to be with his family, though. That, yeah, it was counts. it was cool that he actually got out of the house. I, I was happy to see that. Um, yeah. So we got out there, and, and one of the guys that was out there... Um, I'm not going to say names because I don't want to get anybody in trouble or get anybody upset with me for saying this. <laughs> but I, I okay. saw something that made me um, made me question <laughs> what I was seeing. So one of the guys who was out there had a nitro plane. And keep in mind, this is really cold outside. He was having right. a lot of issues getting it started. He was using the electric starter and, you know, finally okay. got it to where it would start and run at full throttle. Okay, so you just follow at me. Throttle? Just at full throttle, it ran. If you went down a okay. three-quarter throttle or half throttle, it just cut out and died. He couldn't get nice. it adjusted correctly to run at idle. Okay. Well, I was talking to him, and he said after it was running, you know, he had it running pretty good at full throttle. He's like, hey, will you put it down on the ground for me? And I said, why? <laughs> and he said, because I'm going to fly it. Even even though it's not running correctly. Even though it's not running to... correctly. And I I, okay. I strongly cautioned him not to. And I said, That's yeah. you're, you're kidding, right? And he's like, No, 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 I'm not I'm not kidding. Put it on the ground for me. So I put it on the ground and it got maybe five feet and it shut off. And I was like, Okay. Oh, thank goodness. I was like, Good. You had me going there for a second. I said, I can't believe you were gonna do that. I said, I, I didn't think you were that that dumb to actually do something like that. <laughs> Well, then he said, oh, it just died. I'm going to start it back up and do it. Once again, I'm like, are you are you serious? You're, you're really going to just start it up? And So long story short, he gets it started up again. He actually takes off with this airplane that's not flying right because the motor's not running right. And he gets it to where he has to fly. And this is a SIG Rascal. So, you know, it's a, a pretty big plane. Um, yeah. I don't know. What's the wingspan on that? Probably... Oh, Seven it's feet, more six than feet, eighty inches, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a good sized plane. Yeah, it's not a small airplane. No, and so he gets it going, and he's flying around, and he he's like, "This thing just keeps climbing." It's like, "Well, yeah, well, you're under no full throttle. Kidding. What do you expect is going to happen when you have full <laughs> throttle on this airplane that's meant to fly at what quarter to half throttle? Really? I mean, it's a yeah. floater. Um, it is. So he he gets it going around and stuff, and then all of a sudden it cuts out just dies. Like you should have seen this coming. I mean, yeah. You had it plenty on the ground. Yeah, you had plenty of things saying, "Hey, this is probably not going to come down without being a dead stick landing." <laughs> now, I will say in his defense, he was able to land it. However, it was probably a good 7 to 800 feet away from where we were <laughs> on our runway. In the snow. In the snow. <laughs> And he had to go Jeez. down and get it. And I tell you what, it Damn. was, I mean, like, he was so far away, it took him a long time to go get it. He almost took one I'm of the sure. guy's trucks down to pick it up, but he didn't. He walked down to get it. And, and that wouldn't have been the first time he's done that. 
best, the best and funniest thing, and maybe you had to be there, and I shouldn't be laughing at this. One of the guys had <laughs> had his dog there with him, and the dog ran down with this guy to go get his airplane, and he went under his feet and made the guy fall and kind of roll a couple times in the oh, snow. Whoops. It, I mean, it was funny. I mean, nobody got hurt. It was just funny to watch him go down that way. But yeah, so he he flew without a properly tuned engine. And I was thinking the whole time, I wish Tommy was here because he's not going to believe me when I tell him this story. Well, I mean, f- luckily for me, I I know, or I, I'm pretty sure I know who, who we're talking about. And uh, <laughs> I do believe it um, because of... Um, who I think it is and the history this person has. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, uh, I'm not sitting here in disbelief. What I'm sitting here in is bewilderment. Like, I mean, we preach pre-flight, 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 yeah. you know, don't, don't fly if, if everything isn't right and the engine wasn't right. So that's, uh, I mean, luckily for him, he got away with it. This time. But, right. Exactly. This time. So. Next time, maybe maybe it'll cut out on him. You know, when it's over the field, a mile away, and then he has to go chase it down. Maybe you know, maybe he has to. No, like I said, I I don't disbelieve it because I think I know who it is. <laughs> yeah. So my takeaway from that, and and I tell this story as a uh, a learning experience, really, and I can't stress this enough. If your plane is not right, don't fly it. Just don't fly it. Yes. If it's not right, no flight. How I like that. If it's not right, no flight. <laughs> um, however, on the other side of that, I will also say he knew what he was doing, and no harm, no foul. That's true. It came back fine in the same amount of pieces as, uh, as it left with. So that's true. But I mean, I would say a good deal of luck uh, w- was involved with that. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't because he was a good pilot, which he is. He's a, he's a good pilot. Um, if it's who I think it is, um, but I mean a that a large amount of luck. Is, is why that airplane is still in one piece. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. It has to do with where that motor cut out. Exactly. Yeah. Had that thing cut out on takeoff or shortly after takeoff when it couldn't make the field, then he's landing out there in a bare, you know, cornfield. I mean, could have pulled a landing gear out at, at a minimum. Yeah. Uh, or done even more damage. Or heaven forbid, he made a turn over the pit and then the engine died, you know? I yeah. I mean, so many ways that could have gone wrong. And that's a big so. expensive plane to be doing that with. So. Yes. Yes, it is. But that's okay. That's, you know what? Yep. That was my story. I enjoyed watching it, so I hope you enjoyed <laughs> hearing it. <laughs> well, I enjoyed hearing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Made me giggle. Yeah. So you ready to move on and talk about the FAA? Hey, Ron. Hey, Tom. Uh, flight team member Jeff here. How's it going? I just wanted to say hi. Hope you've had a Merry Christmas. Wish you a Happy New Year. And I just want to reach out to all of you guys out there in the aviation community and just say it's been, you know, a wonderful year. It's been a trying year. Um, I know we're going from one pandemic to a possible existential crisis, right? But uh, just hang in there. We're, we're going to make it through this. There's plenty of time to get through all the information that we've just learned about. Um, I just want to say, you know, get out there, keep flying, um, stay up to date. Uh, I was just at the hobby shop recently and listening to a guy 
uh, in front of me, just asking questions um, about what's going on. And he's like, oh, I'm going to stop flying and I'm just going to do boats instead. No, let's not do that. Let's keep going with the passion that we have. Um, we want to fly. And if we just make ourselves known and we keep doing what we're doing, um, it's going to work out. So don't fret, everybody, all right? Um, I appreciate everything uh, that you guys are doing here with the Aviation RC community. Um, you guys and the other podcasters, you're doing a wonderful job, and I appreciate you. So um, keep the blue skies up, safe landings, and uh, have a good 2021. And and I can't agree with Jeff more. Um, people, relax. It's it's going to be okay. We just all, just like Jeff says, we need to hang in there. Um, there's lots of information out there. Um, we have plenty of time to digest it and see how it's going to impact us, which I've had all this time. I've got it digested. I've got it. I think I got it figured out. Um, but you know what? If, if you don't want to take Jeff's word for it or mine, um, you can do your own research too. You know, FAA.gov. Um, the information is all right there. And and basically, I mean, I'm going to boil it down. There's um, from from the way the FAA approached uh, the situation initially to what they have proposed now is a night and day difference. I mean, yeah. let me just say that. Um, it really, I mean, in my eyes, probably 70% of us, of us, I'm going to call us hobbyists, okay, Um is probably not even going to affect us because one of the three ways that you'll be able to comply with some of these FAA mandates is to fly at a federally recognized um, flying area. They're called FRIAs, um, which is a uh, FAA-recognized identification area. So basically a club airfield can apply to be a FRIA, and then you will comply with remote ID by simply flying at your club field, just like you've been doing for the last 50, 30, 20, 70, <laughs> however many years you've been flying. Okay. So, so, so you can actually fly with under the, uh, the ease guidelines, you can actually fly your RC airplanes without having any remote identification in them? Absolutely correct. So if, if, if your field applies for, you know, this FRIA and gets approved, which if, if your field is set up as per the AMA, more than likely they will comply with the FAA FRIA requirements. Um, anyway, if your club, your club goes through the, the motions and makes that happen, you fly at that airfield, you're covered. No remote ID devices whatsoever are required. That's the easiest way to comply. That's nice. Yeah, right? I mean, not for, for, the, for a large portion uh, of us hobbyists, that, that's a relief. Yeah. I mean, it's a relief to me. Uh -huh. um, one of the other ways, which is I'm going to call it the second easiest way to comply with a remote ID is to fly with a, and I'm not going to call them drones. I'm never going to call my airplane a drone. <laughs> but in the FAA's <laughs> eyes, yeah, I know, they're drones. Yeah. So I'm going to call, I'm going to call it an RC. Um, you can fly your RC with a broadcast module. Now, basically... I equate this to back in the RC car days, we raced with transponders, uh, which were these little electronic devices. We mounted them on, in our cars, and they 
ran over a loop in the track and they counted our laps for us. And they gave us, you know, statistics like lap time. And if you knew the distance of the track, it could give you average speed and all this kind of cool stuff. And But that's how they, that's what they used to track who was the winner and who wasn't, right? So, but it was this little electronic device that you could either purchase or the track purchased for you to rent or, or whatever. You put it in your car and you were covered. That's what I envision this broadcast module device being. It's a device that broadcasts the identification and location information about your RC, and then it also does some other stuff that the FA is going to mandate, which um, will be all self-contained in this unit. And I can foresee, now I can't obviously predict the future, right? But I can foresee these little modules being available to the general RC public for probably no more than than 50 bucks probably even cheaper than that and if you're flying under the recreational flyer rules which i'm not flying for money so i'm a recreational flyer um you can use one of these devices for your faa registration and you can use that device in any of the airplanes that you fly you don't have to have one for each and every airplane that you fly so that, to me, is way better than the original verbiage of the FAA rules. Yeah, honestly, the, the original wording was, was quite concerning. Um, yeah. Because they were talking about, you know, having to have internet connection at all times, having to broadcast nationally where you are, yeah. where you took off, what you're flying. Each airplane was going to have to have its own transponder. Um, and that, that has all just been removed. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, so basically, um, this broadcast uh, module um, is supposed to broadcast via radio frequency. So that means Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, um, things of that nature. It's not going to have to maintain a constant internet connection. So it's not going to have to have, you know, five G wireless or four G wireless or whatever, whatever all it was saying originally. So yeah. to me, that's a huge relief. That's a, um, a big win. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'll read specifically the bullet points here. It says remote ID capability through a module attached to the drone or RC. Uh, <laughs> and basically, it's going to, from takeoff to shutdown, it's going to broadcast the ID number. So basically your UAS registration number, which is the same under the recreational flyer rules as your drone registration or your RC registration. Uh -huh. um, it will also broadcast location and altitude velocity, takeoff location, elevation, and a timestamp. That's it. That's all it's going to broadcast. Hmm. Yeah. And it's going to do that, like I said, via radio frequency. So that, in my opinion, that's a big win. Yeah, that's not at all what I was expecting, you know, to actually get out of this. So that's that's very handy. Um, right, right. Do you think it'll ever end up being, like, built into a receiver? I, I, can, I can actually envision... Uh, uh, that, uh, I mean, look, look at receivers you can buy now. I mean, Ron, you can buy receivers that have three axis gyros. We have receivers that have, uh, for lack of a better term, homing beacons built into them so they can return to their, you know, point of, uh, departure. I mean, the technology that we already have in these receivers, I, I can't imagine that this technology can't be added for just, I mean, honestly, a few dollars more than what we already pay for quality receivers. I mean, the, the ways that they can comply with this are 
I mean, I'm not a tech guy, and I can already kind of begin to understand that there's multiple ways that they can comply with this second bullet, you know, operating an RC with a remote broadcast module. So relax, everyone. It's going to be okay. So the only concern, though, or the thing that I'm not quite sure about, do you think anything's going to have to change with the radios that we use now to accept the interference that we might be putting into or putting out with these new modules, whether it's Bluetooth or Wi-Fi? Because I know, like, flying at 2.4 gigahertz, that's going to be the same. Possibly, if they're doing Wi-Fi signals, they might be using that same 2.4 gigahertz to broadcast. Do you think there might be some some problems with, with that? So I'm, I'm not an expert on radio transmission, uh, but my understanding of DS or, or spread spectrum technology is that even even if you're operating on the same 2.4 gigahertz frequency um, because of the frequency hopping and the and the ID and the packet IDs that the transmitters you know send and then receive and understand from the receivers I don't honestly think that even if they decide to use existing you know 2.4 technology to transmit this data I don't think we really need to worry about interference I really don't. Hmm, okay. Well, I hope that works out. But that like way. I said, I'm I'm not an expert. There are people out there that are far smarter than me who are probably, as I say this, already working on it. <laughs> yeah, I remember that was one of the the main issues that we were not sure of. Um, yeah, was how they were going to be taking care of all this and what they were going to be implementing. Like the scariest part for me was when they were talking about having a a drone or RC airplane that you mm-hmm. could only buy if it was built into the that right. RC airplane or that drone or whatever if that ID thing was built right. into it like yeah. that, that would have and that's what really set set most of the hobbyists and myself included I mean I'll, I'll be honest I mean when I first saw the FAA's um I don't want to say suggestions because they I mean they they sent out for comments and then the next thing you know we've got these rules now and everybody's heads exploded mine included when we read that and that was the first thing that I that I really keyed in on was wait a minute I have to I can only fly something now that has this crap built in it from a manufacturer well sh- dang I'm I'm done yeah but no the FAA has you know for whatever reason, I've listened to a lot of the comments that were submitted after, you know, the second round, and um, they've they've now made a way, um, two ways actually, if you want to think about it, um, for us to be able to fly our pre-existing airplanes, airplanes that we build ourselves, and airplanes in the future. There are there are two now ways that we're going to be able to do that. One, like I said, is to is to operate out of FRIA, you know, a federally uh, FAA recognized identification area, where you won't have to have a device at all. Or you know, the other way was to was this little broadcast module device that you'll stick in your airplane before you fly. Um, so yeah, huge win. So good job, and thank you everybody that submitted, uh, you know, all the all their comments to the FAA. You know, it seemed oh, yeah. like that the AMA and and all of these other organizations yep. that were pushing for us hobbyists, you know, right. we were heard and we were taken in, into consideration, and it just yes. it turned out much better than we were fearing. So thank you everybody that that yeah. commented, and and you have made yeah. a big difference in in the sure. future of the hobby, really. And yeah, and if if you you know if, if like I did, I I wrote 
to my congressman and I wrote to my you know representatives and I and everyone out there who did that. Let me tell you, they heard us. Yeah. And so, um, this is. I mean, now I'm not a huge fan of the federal government getting involved in you know my hobby. I mean, yeah, I'll be honest, but this is so much better than what it could have been. Yeah. <laughs> um. So at any rate, not not to be a, a Debbie Downer, but. I'm still not convinced that it's not going to change, you know, oh, yeah, somewhere down absolutely. down in the future and, and get more restrictive. Um, I think the only way that it's going to stay as open as it is now, though, is if people follow the rules. Like I know, yeah. I know everybody's not <laughs> going to follow the rules. Unfortunately, there's always going to be the the outliers that that don't follow. I mean, that don't do what they're supposed to do. And it's yes. it's unfortunate that we have to do this. Like, I mean, yes. really, that ideally, <laughs> hey, you guys have a plane, go fly it wherever you want. Do it however you want. Fly however high you want. It right. doesn't matter. Just be careful. You know, that would be awesome, but that's never going to be like that again. I mean, honestly, that that day has passed. Well, and let's, let's be completely transparent here. Um, I mean... Let's talk here just a little bit before I get into the final, you know, the final uh, remote ID point. Um, what really is the impetus for the FAA involvement in our hobby? Yes, there are a few, you know, bad seeds out there that maybe did some stuff they weren't supposed to do with their drone or or their helicopter or their RC airplane or, or what have you. Um, but in this country, money talks. It's It's always about the dollar. I mean... You know, that's that's what Western civilization really is. So yeah. I'm I'm not convinced that that that's what really brought this on. I think, you know, the commercialization of small airspace is really what this is about. I I would agree with that. There's a lot of changes coming as technology advances and I, I think that's where what we're seeing now is that yeah. there's other people that want to use the same space that we are. And because right. of that, we have to, you know, pretty much we have to play by these new rules so they can do what they want to do. Right. And basically, I'm, I'm, I'm not really opposed to, you know, businesses wanting to make money off the airspace that, that I also want to use. I do, however, feel that we can, we can come to an agreement or, or a compromise on how we can both use that for what we want. And I think this, you know, these rules reflect that. Yeah. And like, okay, so what I'm about to say, I have no evidence for whatsoever. I, I don't like usually oh talking about that kind of stuff. Like I don't like speculate on things. But here's right. what it sounds like to me now that you now that you kind of brought up that whole commercializing thing. Oh, this, no, I opened a can of worms. No, 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 no. So this is not <laughs> something to where you're going to be having like real airplanes flying around and looking at where you are. The If they're talking about um, broadcasting with Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or, or something else, you know, that the distance traveled for those signals is not very far. So yes. if this was something to where they were worried about real airplanes, worried about, you know, uh, colliding with, with helicopters, colliding with airplanes, it would be a completely different rule than what came out. Once again, this is just my feeling. I don't know this for sure. Um, so the reason I say that is because airplanes move fast. And by the time yes. an airplane receives the signal from your little model airplane that's flying around, it is not <laughs> going to have enough time to move to avoid it. Correct? No. 
That so is absolutely correct. What are we trying to avoid other than these autonomous drones that are going to be delivering packages or doing whatever that are going to be flying at maybe 20 miles an hour, maybe 30 miles right. an hour, maybe a little bit faster? Yeah, the FAA is is trying to compromise and trying to deconflict that airspace so that we can all kind of be happy. Yeah. And our, our, our fight is not with the, the full-fledged aviation community. And I don't even want to say fight. I shouldn't have said that. But the as you say, the impetus behind this is not from full-fledged <laughs> aviation, I don't think. It sounds to no, me like it's, so it's more from Amazon and Walmart or Google, you know, whoever is wanting to push this in order to use that airspace for drone deliveries is my takeaway. Right. So yeah. for what it's worth, yeah. like I said, I have nothing to back that up other than this is just kind of what I see coming from the rules that came out and, and what kind of makes sense in my head. Yep. No, I, I, I agree. Um, absolutely. The, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's always, you know, it, I mean, let's be honest, it's always about who has the most money and usually whoever that is is sort of going to kind of get the rules bent in their favor. But in this particular case, um, I don't feel like these rules in their present state um, are really that difficult or expensive to, uh, you know, to live with. Yeah, so, I agree. And, and this is why, by the way, it's good to be a part of the AMA. It's good to be. I was a, a, just gonna say that. <laughs> well, good, great minds, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. this, this is what your dues get you. You know, it helps to have an organization that will fight. Uh, you know, not necessarily fight. It helps to have an organization that will kind of <laughs> go to bat no, for they do, you. Though. They they do fight. They do fight for for the the average modeler who you know doesn't have the means to 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 fight on their own behalf. Yeah. I they'll mean, they'll lobby. They it, do. If you don't things. want to call it fighting, call it lobbying. That's what they do. Yeah. So there you go. So that's become a member of the uh, AMA if you have not yet, because that's what you get for yeah. it, and the nice yep. insurance coverage too. So it doesn't hurt. And so finally, the uh, the final way that you'll be able to comply with remote ideas, what we've kind of already talked about, is a manufacturer will manufacture a RC and have a you know remote ID built into it and. You simply register it and go fly. And that's something else I wanted to cover, uh, your registration. So if you register as a recreational flyer, it's $5 and it covers you for three years. And if you're a recreational flyer only, that covers everything. Every airplane, every helicopter, every drone, every flying apparatus that you own that you fly remotely will be covered under that one registration for $5, covers you for three years. Nice. Kind of the same way yeah. it is now uh, then. Yeah, exactly. Now, Part 107, that's a little bit different. Um, I know a little bit about that too. I did some reading on that, and I actually did go ahead and register uh, as a 107. I think you're going to also, Ron. Yeah, I need to look into it because I don't know anything about it yet. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, yes, it's we, the same. We need to. It's basically the same deal. You know, there's a there's a there's rules that you have to fly by. I'm not going to get into them, um, but they're they're honestly they're fairly common sense. Like if you if you have some common sense and you know a little bit about airplanes and airspace, it, you're probably already flying by the rules. But anyway, if you're you know for part 107, it's five dollars for three years for each registered RC. So because we're going to be using a few of our airplanes for, um, for videos, 
uh, eventually uh, for the podcast. We'll be flying them under part 107. So each of those airplanes that we plan on flying with a camera on it uh, is registered as a UAS. And each one of those registrations, $5 for three years. And that's really the biggest difference. And each one has its own number then? Exactly. Yep. Each registered um, RC has a unique uh, UAS registration number. So I registered three airplanes. I have four registration numbers. I have my recreational flyer one, and then I have one for each of the 107, uh, part 107 airplanes. So then when the real ID becomes a thing and it's actually Mm -hmm. implemented, which is not for a while yet too, by the way, when that becomes a thing, you will have to have a separate uh, transmitter for each one of those airplanes. However, if I understand this right, for your recreational flyer airplanes, you will have one transponder or one real ID module that can be put in any of them and it will work? Exactly right. Okay. See, I wonder how that works then. So when you buy it, does it come with its own number or do you have to update it? I mean, I I don't understand how that's going to work then. I can imagine that when when you buy the broadcast module, it will it will have a a transmitter probably ID associated with it, like a like a, a tag of some kind, and you'll probably register that number. It'll probably be in the instructions that you get with the device. I'm I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, and then you'll log into your drone zone account on the FAA, and you'll register it, and you'll link that number with that particular UAS number, and then oh, okay, and then off you go. That's how I see it happening. Yeah, and that would make sense, and that would be fairly simple. Yeah. Obviously, I could be I could be completely wrong, but I mean, that that seems to me the the easiest way to do it. And I'm I'm sure the technology is not. If it's not already out there, it's it's probably not difficult to come up with it. So then, by by the end of the the time when the manufacturers have to have it built into their airplanes, so is that mm-hmm. like any? See, I wonder how that's going to affect like ARFs and all that kind of stuff. Because that would just be for ready-to-fly airplanes, and I would think, um, or drones or whatnot. So you you would still have to buy a module separately then, I would guess, for an ARF or for a kit so, or anything you would yeah, have to I'm gonna, put together. I'm going to take a trip back in the time machine. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. Way back in, way back in 1991, uh, a lot of our listeners will probably remember this, we had to comply with narrowband frequencies. And... The way you knew that your new radio purchase was narrowband ready was that it had a gold label, usually stamped on the back of the transmitter, with a date on it. Uh, And I believe anything that was produced after a certain date in 1991 was, you know, gold labeled. And then you knew by buying that package with that gold label on it that you were complying with the FCC at that time uh, regulations. So in my mind... This way, manufacturers will have options now. They can produce an ARF with remote ID, and they can produce ARFs without them for use at FRIAs or for people who fly as recreational flyers who already have uh, broadcast modules that they want to use, thereby reducing the price of the ARF. So oh. I, do you see what I'm saying, where I'm going with that? Yeah, I, I forgot about the 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 ability to fly at a, a site without having it built right. into it. Exactly. So I can see manufacturers producing ARFs two ways, or maybe even three ways, if you want to look at it that way. Um, they, they'll sell them with the remote ID, and maybe they'll sell them without a remote ID if you don't need one. And in the case of recreational flyers who f- only fly at, uh, at their club airfield that is a recognized... Uh, 
um, identification area, they don't need one. So they're going to purchase the lower cost option, which perfect. I mean, doesn't impact them at all. What's the third way? Well, I guess I guess there's really only two ways. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll sell one that has a mount for your broadcast <laughs> module, and then the other one doesn't. There you go. Three I was trying ways. to I was trying to figure <laughs> out what the third way would be. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I said three ways. Oops. <laughs> Bottom line, I mean let let's all let's all take a deep breath and and relax a little bit. It's not nearly as bad as it was initially and in in my mind um it it's a minimal impact for us hobbyists who are flying recreationally. Really. Yeah. I I would and agree. We have some time, you know? I mean the uh I mean we're talking implementation sometime in 2023. So I mean we've got there's plenty of time like you alluded to time for this to change again between now and then. Well, but hopefully it won't because it does say final rule. It, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that doesn't mean anything, I suppose. But hopefully final means they're pretty close to what what it's going to be. So, Well, you would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> final doesn't mean final in a government organization. I'm just saying. <laughs> I should know. True. So yeah, that's the uh, that's the bottom line. That's uh, all the reading that I've all the time I've had to do and the reading I've done. Um, it has really set my mind at ease because I was really I was really kind of worked up uh, over it initially, um, but now the new uh, the new rules are out, new final rules are out and uh, I'm not worried. So, yeah, one of the the nicest things that I was excited to see taken away. Uh, not only was you know the fact that it's not all manufacturers have to do it. Um, and we can still build our own airplanes and still fly them okay. That was awesome. I was very excited yeah. to see they took away the live broadcast nationwide. There was no way they were going to be able to implement that. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> well, I agree it would be difficult, and that would probably be one of those things where they said you have to do it. We don't know how, but you have to do it, or else you don't fly. Yeah, but but then the big companies that are, that are kind of involved with this are like, hey, wait a minute. And I don't mean RC companies. They're like, hey, wait a minute. You're you're making this, you know, you're you're pricing us out of business here, and and then that affects you know competition, and then now you have monopolies and oligopolies and all this other kind of you know consumer uh, trade stuff. I, I just I just never really saw that happening. I mean. Yeah, I was yeah. I was pretty worried, but and it's a government organization. Stranger things have happened, but um, <laughs> yeah, but that like I said, yeah. that was the biggest thing I was glad to see gone. There's there's no monthly yeah. subscription fees. There's no cellular data you have to worry about. There, you know, all that has been yeah. taken out, and it really, yep. you know, with with anything having to change, like if it had to change, if it couldn't be left alone, if changes had to be made, this is probably the best case scenario as to what could have happened. I think. Yeah, other than a complete repeal, yes, I agree. All right, so next I want to move on to um, just a, a quick uh, text we got. Don't forget, guys, text us, email us, you know, let us know yeah. what you're thinking. It's always great to hear from our listeners. It really is. <laughs> also, go to the website, fill out the uh, the listener survey if you haven't yet. Actually, even if you have yet and you want to say something else, feel free to fill it out. Yeah, go ahead. 
more information is not a bad thing. No, it's, it's, it's always fun to get those. And if you get to the point where, you know, you want to stay anonymous and you don't want to put your name in it, you don't have to fill out the, any identification fields on the survey. Uh, you can also do the contact us form on the website, and you can do that without putting in uh, name or email. Nice. I think now that I say that, now that I say that I might be wrong, um, but I know you might be wrong. <laughs> I know you can do it without giving us any kind of information uh, on the uh, on the listener feedback form. So if I'm wrong and you have to put like a, a name or something in the uh, in the contact us form and you want to use that, just make something up. I don't care. That's fine. Uh, but anyway, just reach out, get in touch with us. Let us know what you have going on. We will yep. also be starting YouTube videos before long. Um, <laughs> that that's, you know, it was pushed off honestly a week. So I'm hoping we can start doing that next week. Um, yep. our plan at this point is to do some how to videos and to actually release the podcast in, in video form, um, yep. nothing is going to change on how we release the audio. It's going to stay the same. Yeah, so now you're going to have to see our ugly faces <laughs> instead of just listen to them. Or just, you know, yeah, you actually, you're right. You got to watch us from now on. Um, <laughs> it might be kind of boring though, cause we won't be doing anything other than talking, but whatever, you know, listen to us, watch us, whatever you want to do. That's great. Um, we'll try to put some cool stuff in the background for you to look at while we're <laughs> babbling on about stuff. But we, we need ideas on what you want to see do. for YouTube videos. So please yep. reach out and let us know if, you know, what kind of how-to you want to see, what you want to see us do, if there's anything you want us to try and teach you how to do or, you know, anything you just want to see us do that's maybe even dumb and just kind of fun. I mean, I'm up for that kind of stuff too. Yeah. I mean, you know, as long as it doesn't involve crashing an airplane. Well, even that might be fun sometimes, depending on <laughs> I knew what you were going to say that. <laughs> I was trying to set it up because I, I knew you'd say that. Let's, let's see how bad we can crash it and still rebuild Ron it. Maybe there you go. Ron is always game for crashing an airplane, just so everybody especially, knows. Especially if it's not mine. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> but anyway, so we, we have started the YouTube channel. There's like hardly anything on there. So don't expect to go see anything great. Um, but there is a link on our, our homepage um, on the website that takes you to the, the YouTube channel. There's just a couple short, not great videos up there. Um, as yep. of now, but there will be more coming mm -hmm. up. So go, uh, maybe watch them. And if you don't want to watch them, at least subscribe. Uh, subscribing is really going to help us, uh, in the long run. So also when you subscribe, it will let you know when we release new videos, what's coming yeah, up and, and it's just another out. way for us to kind of keep in touch with you guys. So go subscribe, like us, do whatever you got to do. And we will be moving on and seeing what comes next. Um, yep. so yeah. All that, by the way. So let's talk about this text. All of that came out because I we did receive another text from somebody. Um, <laughs> and that's what took me down that rabbit hole of getting off topic. But anyway, so <laughs> I have no clue who this is. I reeled is. you back in. Yeah, you, thank you. Uh, I have no clue who this is because he never said a name. Uh, but he said, love yep. the podcast. Hey, guys, there's a local gun range in my town and an awesome hobby shop uh, in Minnesota. But no RC flight clubs anywhere close. How can I get connected with the gun range to help them use it as a double-purpose RC airfield and create an RC airplane club? Uh, he says, I'm also an avid hunter. I do have a great side business welding. I could possibly put up some money. And also, what would be the best way to make a runway on an existing grass field? Well, for the for the um, 
the club, the club field business, I would say, um, I'm not an expert on how to start clubs, uh, but I know who is the AMA. Um, <laughs> yep. you can log into the, you can go to the Academy of Model Aeronautics website and, uh, and you can read through there. There's, I'm pretty sure there's probably a tutorial on how to start a club. Um, that's probably where I would start. And if, uh, if that goes well and you, you've got enough, uh, buy-in from, uh, the AMA and, and whatever else you need to form a club, then I would say, um, then your next step would be to, to contact the, uh, the gun range and, and, uh, work up, you know, maybe some kind of an agreement, mutual agreement between, uh, your new club and the gun range to see if, uh, you guys can come to a mutually beneficial, um, satisfactory agreement. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's any AMA guidelines about gun ranges and that kind of stuff because I I don't know. Yeah, it seems like they wouldn't really go together, but who knows? I mean, it, you know, maybe there's a way to to really uh, distinctly separate the two, you know, so that you're not flying when they're shooting and you're not shooting when you're flying and, and all that kind of business. <laughs> or or do it at once and have target practice while you're flying. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm not going to try to shoot anybody's plane down, and I wouldn't appreciate anybody trying to shoot mine down. Um, well, if if you were I'm up for sure. it, though, that might be kind of fun. You never know. Add a oh, whole man, add I'm a whole another line all to the it. Danger involved with that stray bullets, and it, I don't know. It just well, seems like a bad idea. It's Minnesota. Maybe he's out on like 400 acres, and there's no way it's ever going to get hit. You know, I mean, I don't know. Well, maybe. Sometimes I talk yeah. without thinking. okay fair enough um but anyway it it seems like the two would be mutually exclusive but who knows um but the ama is certainly certainly where i would start uh and all of their information like literally all of their information is available right online and most of that information is free you don't even need to be a member to read it yeah, and if you still need more help, you can reach out, and they they have contact information and they stuff do. on there too. Um, yep. And yeah, that would be the that would be the first logical step. Um, just kind of see what, according to them, what all goes into opening up an AMA sanctioned field. Because don't forget, here in the next year, two years, whatever it ends up being, you're going to have to get that uh, also as one. What did you call it? A a, a FIA? A FAA. Recognized, oh gosh, I lost it. Here it is. Uh, FAA recognized identification area. There you oh, go. Oh, FRIA. That's where it comes from. I gotcha. FRIA. Okay. So a FRIA, because yeah. that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah, an well, FAA recognized whatever you said. Announcing it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah, you'll, you'll want to get it changed over to one of those when that's available too. So yeah, reach yep. out to the AMA and see what they say and, and reach out to us and let us know what you end up finding out. Um, yep. as for making a runway on an existing grass field, that's pretty easy. Um, cut the grass yeah, short. Actually, you, you know a little <laughs> bit about that. <laughs> yeah. All I did honestly, and, and we don't fly a lot of tiny stuff, so short grass is good enough for us, but, um, all I did is I ran a lawn roller over it to make sure that we're, you know, as, as smooth as possible. And then I just keep the grass cut short where we want to land. Yeah. So make yeah. sure there's no gra- oh. uh, no grass clumps and all that kind of stuff in the middle of your runway, yep. you know. And I just remembered this. You mm-hmm. might want to, if you have a mole problem, you might want to get rid of those as quickly as you can. Because, man, uh, a mole rut or hole or whatever they're called in the middle of a runway is not fun when you hit it unexpectedly. <laughs> yeah, we actually had to do that here a couple times. 
So there you go. Good call. Uh, and actually, <laughs> if, if you're wanting to fly like EDF jets and stuff, they also make rolls of plastic, um, big, big rolls that you can actually roll out and use that kind of like as a uh, a paved runway. I'm doing air quotes, but you can't see it. Uh, a paved <laughs> runway for for like the small wheels on the EDF jets. So there's ways oh, of yeah. doing it. But if it's just small, like nitro or even electric airplanes, easiest thing to do is just cut your grass short. Make sure you you get all the clippings on the outside, not towards the center, and you're good. <laughs> yep. Yep. So. Yeah. Get it as as uh, short as you as you can without killing it, and uh, smooth as <laughs> smooth as better. Yeah, I've I've scalped mine uh, in a few spots a couple times, and I got in trouble, but it grew back. <laughs> <laughs> it does for the most part, unless the weeds grow in, and then it gets all clumpy and rough. Yeah. Well, like it's my still, yard. It's still green, so that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Weeds are green. <laughs> all right. Well, is there anything <laughs> else you want to talk about today, or do you think we got it all covered? No, I think uh, I think that does it for this episode. I uh, I have conveyed all of my FAA wisdom to you all now. So very good. Um. <laughs> well, I hope I hope I hope next week we're back in person, um, and we can yeah, kind of we can kind of get moving on with everything that we had planned on doing. So yes, um, I, I agree. I'm feeling much better, so I, I see no reason why we won't be able to do that. Yeah, there was a little while there. I didn't know if you were going to make it. Yeah, I was feeling pretty uh, pretty crummy. Uh, for a while. I mean, I got so. the text from you just saying I wasn't feeling well and that kind of stuff, and and then nothing, and then your wife texted and said he's not doing well at all. He's doing bad. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and then like we got no text from you like for two days straight. And I'm like, man, maybe he really is like you know I don't know he's getting old anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. I am getting old, uh, and Lori does maybe exaggerate a little, um, but I. I uh, I spent a couple days in bed. That's for sure. That's no lie. Well, I'm I'm very glad to hear you're feeling better. So, uh, yep. like I said, hopefully next weekend we'll be back to normal and we will move on and uh, talk about flying the duelist. Ah, uh, I hope so. <laughs> Me too. So, okay. Well, until next time, everybody. Thank you for listening. I'm Ron. Yep. I'm Tom. Good night. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.